How many believes that tonight? He's alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, we come to you, Lord, just asking you once again to meet with us, Lord. Lord, touch our hearts and lives, Father. We ask, Lord, that you would come and strengthen us, Lord, for the battle. God, may every heart be charged, Lord, by your presence, Father. If there be anything we've done or said not be pleasing that would hinder, Lord, we just want to lay that again at your feet, Lord, and just ask that you would take preeminence and control and you would speak, Lord, and you would touch. Lord God, we want more, Lord, than just your forgiveness. Lord, we want your blood. We want your mercy. We want your grace. We want your spirit, Lord, living, filling every fiber of our beings, Lord. We commit our hearts to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Also, 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 14. I'd like to speak to you again on omnipotence. Jesus Christ the same. Omnipotence. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And then 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 14. Then upon Jehazel, the Spirit of the Lord, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Druel. Ye shall not need fight to this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Jerusalem, O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Amen. We let you be seated. I'd like to say we just got back from Memorial Day meetings there with Brother Nathan Bryan. And he, should, he said to be sure and to send his greetings back to you and... Had a wonderful time there with Brother Joe Adams and Brother Aaron Oglesby and myself, and Lord really moved and touched hearts. It was um, quite a, a moment there right at the beginning, just to give a brief testimony of a young lady that had come up to sing a song, and she said, I, I have a testimony. And uh, she said that um, two years ago, we was there two years previous, and, and we were supposed to went last year, but because of covid had canceled it, so he just moved it to this year. But uh, she said two years ago, she said we had these meetings on Memorial Day weekend, and she said I, I was a had been a little girl that was really wayward from God, and she was at that time fourteen in those meetings. But she, as her testimony said, she said at eleven years old, she was introduced by someone in her church that she was attending, which happened to be the Branham Tabernacle. She was introduced to the internet, and she was introduced to. Uh, things on the web and, and actually was some very evil things that she was being introduced to, homosexual lifestyle and such. 
And she said, I was going into a very dark place just at a young age. And she said, and then, and then right, right before those meetings, she come to her mom and begin to confess of three years of being up at night and, and being on devices, anything she could get her hands on and looking at the internet and things on the internet and all that it was leading into. She said it took about a week to confess all that she had done. And, uh, she said, uh, she said, but we came to these meetings and started attending this church right before and came to these meetings and Brother Aaron Oglesby was here and on Saturday night ministering and he, he spoke about dragging your demons to the altar and uh, they may feel like that they're holding you, he said, but the reason they're, that God's allowed that is for you to drag them to the, I think he preached that sermon here as well, if I remember correctly. And she said, prayer line started that night and it was a very powerful prayer line. God done some very miraculous things in that prayer line. And, and she said she had no intention to be in that prayer line, but next thing she knew she was in it. And she began to speak to Brother Aaron and began to tell him all the things that was going on in her life. And he just looked at her and he said, Sister, he said, I can't help you. And her testimony was her heart just dropped. And, and he said, but I am here representing one who can. And he said, I'm here representing the Lord Jesus Christ. And we prayed for her that night and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I would actually, we'd talk to her father the next day at a little get together there this year. And he said, you know, he said, well, I was raised up the way I was raised. He said, I had understood. I believe that you could only receive the Holy ghost or anything from God by listening to a tape. He said, but we had just actually started attending brother Nathan's right before those meetings. And he said, there I was sitting in my skepticism and, and not knowing really he was alive. He really didn't exactly himself want to be there, but he knew something had to change for his family and for his, for his daughter and, and his son and his wife. And he said, uh, he said, you know, he said, it's amazing how God does things. He said, he brought me right to the place. And that very weekend, the very first weekend of meetings, God came on the scene and gave my girl the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he said, as a father, I can testify she's never been the same. Amen. And so he showed, he said, and God showed me that it can come through fivefold ministry. Amen. And so God is just doing some wonderful things in Brother Nathan's church and, and quite, got a, quite a church full looking to maybe build or do something. They don't, he really don't know what to do is asking for prayer. So just remember that church in your prayer. Amen. And that pastor, Brother Nathan Bryant and his family. Anyway, tonight I would like to speak to you again on Jesus Christ the same. Amen. We saw him. We have witnessed him to be the same. He's the same God as he ever was. You know, and I've been thinking on some things today is what good would it do to serve a historical God? If we could only talk about what God used to do, and those are great things to do and great testimonies, but if that all, was all there was to it was what he used to be or what he used to could do, or, or maybe he was one time showed great power, but today we can't say that we witness his power. What, what good would it do to serve that kind of God? What, what good would it do to serve a God that Moses served if he wasn't the same God today? 
Or what, what good would it do to serve Abraham's God? And we could talk about how he changed Abraham and how he changed Sarah to where they could actually, a woman 90 years old could receive a child or to have a child, but yet he couldn't do that today. What good would it do to even talk about him? What good would it do to serve a God of David who once would anoint him and he would be able to go out and take care of Goliath or the lion and the bear, but yet today he doesn't have that kind of power, that kind of ability. We wouldn't want to serve a God. I wouldn't want to serve a God like that. I can't, but I, if I can't serve a God that's living and right here present to help me when I have a need, what's the use of serving God? If, if it was a God, but if he was God, but he's not God now, or if he was a God of power, but he's lost his power now, there'd be something weak about that kind of God. But I'm thankful that's not the kind of God we serve. We can tell of testimonies a thousand years ago, and those testimonies can be just as real today as they ever were. Amen. When we tell, it's amazing because you tell the testimony of a David, or you tell the testimony of a, a, a Abraham, or, or the three Hebrew children, and you can actually find yourself in that same testimony, that God could lead you down into a valley to face a Goliath, that God could lead you into a lion's den. Amen. It may not be a physical lion's den like David. Or Daniel faced, amen, but it could be the lions of this day, the spirits of this day that we have been brought into, but yet in the middle of it, there's still the angel of the Lord to shut the lion's mouth. Amen. There would be something wrong if he was and he isn't now. There'd be something wrong with that kind of God. If God was once a great mighty warrior in battle and he was once a great healer of diseases and he once was a great in all his attributes in days gone by, but then somehow he lost all of his power and today he isn't the same as he was yesterday and his word says, but yet his word declares that he is and he promised he would be the very same God through all ages until he come again. And we can find that it's undisputable in the Bible that he is the same. But not only in the Bible, it's also, it's undisputable in our lives. We've witnessed a God that is the same. The same as he was with Moses, the same as he was with Abraham, the same as he was, amen, all through the characters of the Bible, the same that he was in Jesus walking 2,000 years ago and healing the sick and raising the dead and opening the eyes of the blind. And he's showing himself again today to be the same God. It's undisputable in our lives he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. As Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he's the same in principle. He's the same in power. He's the same in resurrection. He's the same in omnipotence. He's the same in omnipresence. He's the same in all. Amen. He's just the same as he ever was. Amen. As we've been looking at this, he's greater than all. Then all the devil can put at you, God is greater. Then all the sickness that can come upon the earth, God is greater. And all the sin that can be poured out and, and, and be visited upon this generation, our God is greater. Therefore, we can say all is well because God is greater than all. Hallelujah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you know, people want to put creeds and limitations upon him by their creeds and by their thoughts and by their lack of faith. Amen. And, and say, well, I, I belong to this church or I belong to a Baptist church or whatever church, Methodist church. And they put their creeds above the word of God and doing so they limit God's power to them. 
Amen. Therefore, when they put a creed in the Baptist church that says God don't heal no more, they limit the power of healing to them. But that does not limit God's healing power because there's somebody that still believes he's the same. There's somebody that still believes he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God healed then, he still heals now. If God saved then, he still he saves now. If God raises from the dead then, he still raises from the dead now. He's still the same in principle, in omnipotence, in resurrection power, in every kind of power over every circumstance, over every devil. Our God is the same. Hallelujah. Amen. So we have to be careful that we, through our creeds or our thoughts or our dogmas or our understanding of the word, that we ourselves don't limit God for ourselves. Because God is a limitless being. Amen. He wants to show you limitless power. Maybe you don't have the faith to walk where Enoch does. I hope you'll get that kind of faith because that's the time we're living in. That there's going to be a people that walks with God and we're not. Come on, somebody. Amen. They were walking with God one day and the next day they're gone. Amen. They were walking with God as Enoch was and they were next day they went home without death. He, Brother, Brother Bradham would say, maybe you don't have that kind of faith. Or maybe you don't have the faith that Joshua and those children of Israel had to walk around the walls of Jericho and shout real loud until the walls fall down. He said, maybe you don't have faith to shout down walls. Maybe we don't have faith to walk home with God but let's not stand in somebody's way who has that kind of faith because if you have that kind of faith God will back it up amen if you have a faith that one day your body's going to change God's going to back up that faith God has the power in this day to be released for a body change therefore there has to be a people who by faith are walking with God knowing that one day they're going to walk for their last time one day is going to be their last day. One meal is going to be their last moment. One time it's going to be their last moment here on earth and a change is going to sweep over them and they're going to leave. There's a people on the face of this earth with that kind of faith. There's also a people on the face of this earth with the same kind of faith that those children of Abraham had when he told them walk around the walls of Jericho and upon that time you shout. You lift up a voice and you praise God and you watch those walls come down. There's a people here upon this earth that maybe they can't fight the battle for themselves, but they're going to praise God while he fights the battle. Because this is God's battle. Amen. Brother Brandon would say this in the Patmos vision. He said, let's cut every obstacle from human beings so that we might once again be connected like in the Garden of Eden. Well, praise the Lord. He said, I'm going to choke you right now. He said, but I'm going to say it. Man is omnipotent. Wow. He said, you don't believe that, but he is. Now, notice how he brings it on down. He said, a man fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. So to be fully surrendered to God means you have to be a man filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. In Mark 11, 22, and that kind, when that kind of man has that kind of power in him, whatsoever things you say and don't doubt in your heart, it shall come to pass. He says, what happens when two omnipotents meet? When God and man comes together through omnipotence, something has to move. All hell begins to shake. He said, then what happens? The word meets the spirit. Hallelujah. This is exactly what happened and let there be a word spoke, but there was a spirit to go out and make sure that word become to pass. Just like it would with the creative words of God. Let there be, but the spirit of God would follow the word. We can find that through the message. Amen. The spirit of God following the word to bring it to pass. That's why we have to make sure in our services we're not limiting the spirit of God because we need the spirit of God to bring the word to pass. Amen. In the word, I mean, the letter alone killeth, but the spirit bringeth it to life. And that's what we want in our bodies. It's not just word that killeth. We want the spirit to bring the word to life. The word to be manifested in our hearts. Hallelujah. It creates a power that goes out yonder and brings it to pass. Things that were not, it makes them as though they are because two omnipotents of meat. Amen. When Jesus was on this earth, he said, I have power to lay my life down, but I also have power to raise it up again. That's omnipotence. Amen. Someone that has power to lay it down, but not only has power to lay it down, but also has power to raise it up again. And we showed him, amen, even even show that, even before his death, that he had power over the grave when he walked down the grave of Lazarus. And here he'd been called to, and here he'd been asked to come. And for four days, he just went on a different direction. He just went on a little further and Lazarus went further and further and further down. Amen. God was setting death up to show death. I have power over you. That I'm omnipotent over you. And so Martha and Mary would sin, Lord, come heal my brother. And it seemed like Jesus never even paid attention. You ever been in that place? It seems like you're crying out to God and you're crying out for God to move and you're crying and it seems like he's going on a little further. Don't worry, it's a setup. Amen. The devil is about to meet his last day. Death was about to be shown. I have power over you. Oh, hallelujah. And he went on his way, didn't seem to pay no attention to it. Then after a while, Lazarus died and put him in a grave. He began to stink. Nose dropped in. Maggots began to walk through his body. All his wrapping of his clothes and stuff began to stink. The grave seemed like it had power over him. And all of a sudden, as Mary and Martha are wondering, and their world is in a turmoil, and they're thinking, why? We, we left everything to follow after him, and when we really need him, then he's not here. And they're in their turmoil, and they're in their worry, and they're fretting, and in the middle of all that, a knock comes on the door. It says, Martha, Jesus is here. Oh, my. Oh, my. Could we hear that knock tonight? Maybe you've been in your worry and your fretting and your, and your wowsy, wowsy woos, and you don't know where to turn to, but there's going to be a knock on a Wednesday night. Say, hey, you've been waiting a long time, but Jesus is here. And when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, death loses its power. And everything under death loses its power. 
What was he showing to have power over death? Everything under death was also under his power. Death is a great general in Satan's army. It's mentioned with death, hell, and the grave. It's one of the greater, amen, the one of the greater things. It's one of the things that men fear the most sometimes is death. I don't want to die. Amen. But Jesus was showing that even death is under him. Therefore, anything that can take you to death is under him. So cancer is under death, but death is under Christ. Amen. He put his foot upon it. Amen. And he showed it. Amen. He showed it to John in Revelations 1. He said, I am he that has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I was once dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. I am now raised up from death, and I have conquered death. Therefore, death is under my feet, and anything under death is under me. Oh, hallelujah. He showed right there in that scripture, he has the key to death. In other words, the key is something that gives the power or the ability. You know, your car out there is not don't have a bit of power unless you got the key to that car. Right. Come on. <laughs> I better I probably ought not ask this question, but how many has ever locked your keys in the door? I got my hand up too. I pretty sure I did that too. I'm not gonna ask how many has done it more than once or more than five times. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But without that key, you can have a pretty car. You can have a big, a nice truck. You can have a most powerful truck there ever was. You can have a tank. You can have whatever you want out there, but without that key to turn it on, it ain't worth a dime. It's powerless. It has no power. So death can say I'm death, but it don't have its own key. Did you hear me? It's lost its power over man. It's lost its ability to hold man in a grave anymore. It used to could hold him for thousands and thousands of years, but there was somebody that come along, the man called Jesus, God veiled in flesh, that came and said, death, you don't need that key no more because I'm more powerful than you. Give me your key. And he took the key of death, hell, and the grave. And he said, I once was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. So if he has the key to death, don't you know he has the key to your situation? He has the key to your problem. He has the key to the thing that's been haunting you. And he can come in any moment and turn that key and switch it off for you in just a moment. This is what he did at the grave called Lazarus. He had a key and he put it in there and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. Amen. He said, see, Everybody was hollering about, where's your divine healer at now? Where's your holy brother pastor at now? When you're really in need, where's he at? He's run off. And I know the devil's been telling some of y'all that. Where's God at when you really need him? Where's he at when you're really in trouble? Don't worry. He might be four days late, but he's right on time. Amen. Four days late for who? Amen. See, see, so after a while, it looked like she had maybe, you know, would have had a right to chew him out or, or say something. You know, why didn't you come when I called? But that wasn't the way she approached him. She didn't come with that approach. (laughs) 
He said, don't even walk. When you walk up to him, now this is Brother Brandon, this is amazing. He said, when you walk up and say, Lord, if they lay hands on me, how do I know I'm going to be healed? It's none of your business. It's what God said, so leave it at that and go on. God said he would heal you when they laid hands on you. He got the key to it. Amen. He's got the ability to it. And so we've got to watch what our approach is. You know, we get caught up in our frustrations and the things around us and all that's going on and not realizing God's got a key to your situation. God's got the ability to turn it and it change in a moment. He said, what happened? He said, well, this one, this Martha went to meet him at the, at the grave. And he said, what happened? There was two positives meet. It was, it was two positives meet. He said, when two omnipotents meet or two positive meet, one omnipotent she had because she had perfect omnipotent faith in him. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even so, even now, Lord, even though he's in the grave four days, even now, Lord, you still can move on the sea. That's the faith we want in this house tonight. It's not God, if I do this, will you do that? Even, hey, Lord, I've been waiting on you forever. No, even now, Lord, even right now when it's getting darker than it's ever been and Satan is ever more, more abundant than it's ever been, even now, God, you're still the same yesterday. Even now you can heal. Even now you can deliver. Even now you can save. Hey, if it's all right with y'all tonight, we're going to have church. Amen. Even now, God can move on your behalf. Even now, God can change your situation. Even now, God can move in just a moment and your child be sitting on that pew. Even now, God can move if it is according to your faith in him. Do you believe he's even now? Amen. We need two positives to meet. God, I know it's a bad sign, bad scene. I know it seems impossible. I know it seems past help. I know it seems this way. But even now, God, you're still the same. Even now, you can move when no one else can move. Even now, you can break down walls when no one else can break down walls. Even now, you can say to the uttermost. Two of two omnipotence. Perfect, omnipotent, omnipotent faith in Christ. And Christ was omnipotent. She had that faith that he was Lord. Did you hear that? That he is Lord. He said was Lord for her because that was back, amen, uh, 2,000 years ago. But now we have to look at it. We have to have omnipotent faith that he is Lord. In other words, he has the final say. <laughs> Do you realize that? Man, hell, I, 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 I kind of thought that'd make you rejoice when you realize, again, maybe you've heard it over and over in this old hat. But the devil don't have the final say in your situation. <laughs> Hallelujah. The devil don't have the final say over your children. The devil don't have the final say over your mama, over your wife, over your situation. He does not have the final say. But that same Jesus that walked 2,000 years ago, he is Lord. 
and he is Lord over every problem, over every struggle, over every trial, over every sickness. This God is Lord. That means he has dominion over it. That means he has power over it. And he's the same. When those two powers meet, it's contact. And that's what we want is contact tonight. So somehow awaken your contact. Because there's another realm, realm here tonight. Amen. Oh my. When a line here has got 150 votes and another line's got 150 votes, come together 150 votes both ways, that's a lot of power. And that ain't even the limitations of man's power. It goes up way beyond all of that. That just may be some household stuff. But there's more power out there on them big lines. Amen. But all the man that can come up with has limited. It's limited power. He comes to a limited voltage. He comes to a limited ability to serve. He has limited in his power. He can only create so much. Amen. It don't take much anymore for the power to be disrupted. All it takes is some hacker, apparently, nowadays to get into some computer system and kill gas lines. Amen. To do all kind of destruction on just a few pushes of the button. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Satan thought he had all the right buttons pushed. And the power that fell on the day of Pentecost seemed to go down and wane away out to the dark age. And he's pushing all the right buttons seemingly. Things are going just his way. But God said, no, I'm not finished yet. Amen. I'm going to open up heavens once again. I'm, the mighty angel is going to come down and rip the power, rip the, the, the holdings off of the book. Amen. To where all power can be unleashed, to where all God can be unleashed, where all healing can be unleashed, all deliverance can be unleashed, all the things of God can be unleashed in our generation. And the devil's been trying to push his buttons, but it ain't working no more. There's nothing he can do about it because God's power is greater than his. When you got supreme power, you know what supreme power is? Jesus said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall. That's supreme power. Not might be, maybe, for whenever, maybe somehow. No, they shall recover. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It's not debatable. You need to tell the devil, my healing is not debatable. My deliverance is not debatable. Amen. My salvation is not debatable. They shall recover. They shall recover. I'm looking at some people tonight that's been sick for a long time, but they shall recover. Amen. I'm looking at my mother that's been battle after battle and things that's going on, but she shall recover. Amen. The devil is trying to do all he's got, but he ain't got enough. My God is greater. My God is stronger. She shall recover. That's what the word of God has spoken. Therefore, I know he's Lord tonight just as he was 2,000 years ago. You got supreme faith that that being that that's the truth. You got a supreme God that'll make, make the supreme promise come to pass and it'll bring a supreme result. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Amen. We've had, we have a couple of sisters in here has been prayed for to receive a child. They shall. Because he's Lord. Oh, come on now. We have mamas and daddies that have been praying for their children to come back. They shall. Because he's Lord. Amen. We've been having people that have marriage trouble that wants their marriage to be restored. They shall. Amen. We've been having children that wants the Holy Ghost. They shall. We have old folks that wants the refilling of the Holy Ghost. They shall. It's in his word. And he is Lord. Therefore, if he is Lord, he has power over his word to bring it to pass. He tells her, thou brother shall rise again. She said, yeah, yeah, he'll rise in the last days. She'd heard that. She knew that was, that was true. Sure, Lord, he'll raise in the last days. He's a good boy. He'll come up in the general resurrection at the last days, kind of like us. Yeah, one day I'll have my divine healing. In the millennium I'll have it. You know, I'll be new body, no, no aching, no, no cracking, no popping, no cancer, no whatever. One day... Jesus looked at her and said, I am. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let's quit putting it off till one day. I am. I am right now omnipotent. I am right now have the ability to heal. Right now. Amen. Who needs divine healing in the millennium anyhow? We need it right now. But Brother Brown would say we keep pushing it off till then. He said, right now we can be healed. Right now we can be delivered. I am the resurrection and the life. Not just I will be, but Martha, I am. Amen. It's time you, Martha, start realizing it ain't just he will be. And one day, right now. Right now he has the answer. Right now he can move on your behalf. Right now he will move. Right now he will heal. Right now he will touch. Believest thou this? What are you going to say, Martha? Believest thou this? Oh, my. Amen. Well, I believe he used to heal. Believe he can heal now. Believest thou this? I believe he used to save you. Can you believe he can heal tonight? Believest thou this? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the God who answers by fire. I am the God who opens the Red Sea. Did you hear that? Not open the Red Sea, opens the Red Sea. I am the God who shuts the lion's mouth. I am the God who will meet you in the fire. I am the God who will come down and touch you in your moment and change it all. I am that kind of God. I am God and I change not. Oh, hallelujah. What do you say about it, Martha? Believest thou this? Do you believe that God this year can give us our children we've been wanting? Do you believe that God this year can answer the barren question? Do you believe that God this year can complete healings and deliverance this month, this day? I'm not going to put no limitations on it. I know today, tomorrow, next month, next week, next year, whatever it is, he's going to do it. Believe us out of this. Amen. We need those two contacts to come together. When those two contacts to come together, then the dead will raise. Showed it before. 
She said, yes, Lord, I believe. You're exactly who you say you are. You are the son of God that come into the world to say, and I believe whatsoever you say, you will do. Where have you laid him? <laughs> oh, where have you laid that promise at? Have you laid it in some tomb somewhere and thinking one day maybe in the general resurrection, God will give it to me. God wants to know where you laid it tonight. Where did you lay him? Because I am. Amen. I am. Where'd you lay him? I'll go and wake him. Oh, my. May this be tonight. The promises of God are awakened. Things you've laid on the back burner, on the back shelf, maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day, maybe one day, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the God that healeth thee. I am the God who has cancer under my feet. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll go. Not, he didn't say I'll go and see what I can do about it. I'll go and try. I'll go and see what I can do. No, I will go and awaken him. Why? Father had told him. He had the promise of God, which is true. He had the promises of the word. Because he said in John 5, 19, the son could do nothing in himself what he sees the father doing. He already seen a vision of what God was going to do. So he had the positive. It wasn't no uncertainty. It wasn't I was going to try. I'm going to try to go do it. Oh, he said, I wish I could take that little, like a, like a court screw and twist that down into every person. He said, why are you preaching on this again? Because I'm, I'm going to do what, take a court screw and just twist it inside of you. See, not I'll go try or I'll go see if I can. I will. Mercy Jesus. <laughs> I will overcome. I will be healed. I will be delivered. My children will be with me. I won't go and try. I will. Like we said before, you try mashed potatoes. You try something that you might or might like. We're not trying this. This message is not something I'm trying. No, it's not I'll try. It's I've got the promise. When he left, he didn't leave us and say, well, now I tell you, you go out in the world, and, you know, get you some great organization, go have several hundred of them, but, they'll, you know, it'll be all right. No, that'd be something that wouldn't be clear. That'd be uncertain. But here's what he said before he left. A little while and the world will see me no more. That's the unbelievers. They won't see me no more, yet ye shall see me, for I will be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. And the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than this shall you do, more of it. Amen. Not, not, not greater as far as greater in abilities, but more shall you do. God now is in just one man, but now God is in his whole church. More shall you do. So why are we looking for less miracles? And less signs and wonders and less healings and less deliverances. When there ought to be more. His word said so. There ought to be more people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. There ought to be more people getting saved and baptized and God moving on the scene. There ought to be more. Amen. 
Because he said, the works that I do shall ye do also. Did you hear it again? That's hard, something positive in there. Shall. Not might, not maybe, not hopefully. You shall do also. And more than this shall you do. Mercy. Mark 16, he said, go ye in all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall. That's positive again. Shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall, maybe, possibly, shall. There's something certain about that. Something powerful about that. They shall. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Do you see how much positive he left us? He left us something that we can hold on to and use for our benefit. That when we're sick, we're going to recover. That when we're down, we're going to come out of it. And if I go in the grave, I shall rise again because his word said I would. These signs shall be with the believers. They shall follow them that believe. He's still the same God. He isn't dead. How can the Christian code say that he's raised from the dead and deny him to be the same yesterday, today, and forever? Either he raised from the dead or he didn't. And he did. Therefore, it proved he had power over every sickness. Oh, mercy. You know, we just saw such a testimony just this weekend. Last year, just almost the same time, my mom would go through the brain bleed. We'd get a call from Brother Nathan Bryant that they had found cancer all through his mama's body almost in every lymph node and almost in every organ, coming out on her skin. They said, very limited time. Yeah, two months max that she was lived. That was back, what, April of last year? I think it was April of last year. My mom was having that other, that first brain bleed, and she would have a more uh, difficult one, and just we're coming up to a year. And, and, and so... They begin to pray and begin to call out to brothers to pray. Call on God to move. Actually, he gave, gave me the testimony. His little boy, his oldest boy, Brother Nathan's oldest boy, is it Philip, was walking through his house. And he thought he heard his daddy call him. So he went back, he turned around, he went back to go, Dad, Dad, there wasn't no dad. He turned and looked in the study, and Dad wasn't in there, and he's calling his name. And here's a voice speaking in his ear. It says, Dottie. Bryant has cancer all through her body, but she will be made well. This was before the news had broke, even before the family knew it. So Nathan gathers his family together as he's heard the news. He's going to announce it to the church, and he don't want his family to be, be caught by surprise. And he, he tells his family, and Philip just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He said, well, why, why ain't you surprised? He said, and he told him what had happened. Of course, the devil began to war against it. She gets completely just, I mean, she just bottoms out seizures and all kind of things are taking place. Doctors are saying any moment. But today, this last Sunday night, <laughs> Brother, Brother Aaron, I preached on that first service on omnipotence. Brother Aaron got up and preached on we shall remain. Brother Joe had preached the Friday night. It was more toward the youth, but the whole group had gathered and preached on play the man. Talking about being a man in your trial and play the man. Be strong, therefore. But wonderful service. Spoke on omnipotence Sunday morning. And then Brother Aaron gets up behind us and he preached on we shall remain. There's some things in there I wish I could say right now that he brought out, but I'm going to let him do that. But, you know, she, she was so caught up what God had done for her. She come walking up to the, she has a little hat on from her chemo and I don't know, maybe has a little tuft of hair. I'm not sure. Didn't, I don't know if I ever seen her without her hat. She came walking up and she said, Nathan, her son is the pastor. Brother Nathan said, I got a testimony. He said, okay. He told the church, he said, here, I'm going to give her the mic. Y'all sit down and buckle up. <laughs> she said, I, I don't have nothing to say. She said, I want sister so-and-so to come and play the piano. And that little frail woman got up and sang, I've got so much to thank him for, so much to praise him for, you see. He's been so good to me. You know, she just went to the doctor, and the doctors now could only find just a tiny, tiny spot of that cancer. Every time she's went back, it's went out of this organ and went out of that organ and went out of this lymph node. And they're just following this trail as it leaves. Oh, hallelujah. You're talking about turning up a church upside down and backwards. For that little woman to get up, I got so much to thank him for. So much to praise him for. Because she knew she'd been through a battle that she couldn't handle and she couldn't fight and she couldn't do it on her own but this was not her battle this was the Lord's battle this was God's battle and I'll tell you what it gave me such confidence to know that even though brother Ron Spencer's been in this battle he's going to be okay because the words the angel of God said so hallelujah and they shall recover it's time we quit pushing it all and thinking about what he did 50, 60 years ago and realize he's a God today that heals cancer. He's a God today that heals alopecia. He's a God today that heals brain bleeds. And he's not going to leave her with a residue of it, but he's going to take all of it. He's not just an author. He's a finisher. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, this God didn't just start you to leave you. He's a finisher. He's going to finish this bride. He's going to take this bride. She's not going down in defeat. She's going up into glory. Hallelujah. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe even in my tabernacle can say this God heals. This God delivers. This God saves. Oh! My, 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 my. 
You think it seems impossible. Well, you need to do like Dottie Bryant. Just worship. Praise God anyhow. It may not seem like it's happening, but it's moving anyhow. Even when I can't see him, he's working. Even when I can't tell it, he's working. He never stops working. Does he ever stop, Sister Atlanta? No, he never stops working. Even when you couldn't feel him working, he was still there fighting that cancer. Even when you couldn't feel him, Mom, working, he's still in there cleaning out those brain clots and things in your brain. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's don't forget who he is in the middle of our battle. He's still a God who does it all. And all is well because he's God. Turn to 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 1. And it came to pass, as we read these things, there's this great multitude, and verse 2 has been against them. And Judah's gathered itself and asked help of the Lord. They want to know what to do. What do we do? Brother Brown would take this scripture. He'd preach a wonderful sermon on stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And I just kind of skim through those first four, four uh, verses right there because I'm trying to hurry. Brother Brandon would take that and he says, see, it's in that moment. And here they're gathered together, multitude, great multitude. And fear begins to start falling on them. But instead of turning, Jehoshaphat, instead of turning inward to his fear, he set himself to seek the Lord. And to proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. But Brandon was saying a great crisis now had come upon the people. And they were all nervous and upset because of this great invading army. The Moabites were coming up against Judah. It was a strenuous time. The people were all frustrated. They didn't know which way to go. And Jehoshaphat being a man of God, he stilled the people. He tried to do everything he could do to serve them. Serve the Lord with all of his heart. People are now all tore up because of this great army. He said, so many times, that's we, what we get to a place till we feel we can't stand still. We're so nervous. Just as we start to do something, we see trouble coming. But that's the devil trying to upset the program of God. We find it in our individual lives. We find it in our church. We find it in the national affairs. He said we find it everywhere. When we know that we're getting ready to do right, wrong is always present. But the way to overcome that is to think in your heart which way God would have you to go and which is the best way, then stay with that way. So this great hour of frustration is a great moment where it seemed like everything was against them. And out of the little, little prophet there began to prophesy. He says, stand still and see the salvation of God. You won't have to fight this battle, but this battle is the Lord's battle. Hallelujah. And as long as we're together and we're praying and we're praising God, it will remain God's battle. He said, I think the same thing applies. A great hour and where the great church people and the great things are stewing and fussing and all kinds of things are breaking apart. Battle on this side and a battle on that side. It's time to stand still. It's God's battle. It's not ours to begin with. God wants us to stop for a moment. God wants to, God's getting ready to do something. And when he does, he wants his people to stop. In other words, 
You stand there and watch. That's <laughs> what he did when they took him out of the out of Egypt. They come down there and they begin to all the frustration and stuff going on and all the things that were happening, all the problems that were taking place, and they come out of Egypt with a high hand and go right down the Red Sea. What did he do? He got them to stop to a place they had to stop so they could witness this is God. This wasn't nothing I could do. This wasn't nothing I could ever have done. This could only be God. It reminds me of that man, that the that chaplain that was here and spoke at Nathan's funeral was telling us about. It was an atheist that went through that battle on that worst day. So I understand it was Sister Lauren Adams was born on that day. That very day that they was in that battle. And here, they're, he's an atheist, and he don't want nothing to do with their services. He don't want nothing to do with what's going on. And they go through all that battle, and they get to the king's palace. And the, that, chap, brother, that brother, Carrie, he comes in there, and he sees these soldiers gathered around somebody, thought somebody was wounded maybe, and walks up. And he's standing he said, there's one man sitting there crying. There's this man that's proclaimed to be an atheist. And he's, they said, here, chaplain, you speak to him. And he begins to talk, and he said, sir... He said, only a God, a living God, could get me through that alive. He said, I want to serve that God. God got him to a place to where he had to realize his guns didn't do it. His training didn't do it. Nothing he could, his abilities didn't do it. Only God could get him through that alive. And they end up baptizing that man right there in the middle of that, uh, that palace. Wonderful testimony. God will get you to a place to where you got to stop. And you realize, hey, this ain't nothing I can do. God's here to take over. God's here to move. Let omnipotence speak. We see how he done it at the Red Sea. He said, what, what, what was it? God, and Brother Brown will say it like this. He said, God loves to display his power. Do you realize sickness is only there for him to display his power? This is why they would ask the question when that man was born blind. They said, what happened? Did he or his parents sin? The reason why he's born this way? God said no. Or Jesus said no. He said no, but that the glory of God may be revealed or manifested. Things come. God allows it to come. But it's only for his glory. It's not for Satan's glory. It's for God's glory. Amen. So God loves to display his power. I, I love this. I've, I've used this before and spoke about it. He talked about how he'd take, Brother Brown talked about how he'd take little Joseph or his little girls, set them down and talk to him, get them on my lap. Said, you don't know how, how, how it makes me feel to say, one of them to say, draw up your muscles, daddy. Oh, you got such big muscles. He said, there's not much there anymore, but as long as they think that, it makes me feel real good. He said, but our Heavenly Father also likes for his children to know he's got big muscles. He loves for them to know he can do things for them. And sometimes he said, I'll bring a conversation up just to sort of lead that way. He said, I might, you know, maybe he'd kind of roll up his sleeves and let them see it a little bit. Oh, daddy, you got big muscles. He said, that's what God does. He'll bring things along just a certain way to let you know I'm in control and I haven't lost an ounce of power and I'm here still to deliver you. I'm here still to save you. I'm still the same one that opened the Red Sea, opened, closed the mouth of the lions, raised the dead brought Lazarus out of the grave. I'm still here. He said, I used to be a boxer. He said, I'm getting old. 
A lot of flab and decrepit and slipping in. So I still think, like to think I'm back what I used to be. There's a lot of us older guys like to think that. And don't worry, you younger girl, guys, you'll be there too, girls as well. Amen. Thank you back where you used to be. Enjoy it while you are where you are. Amen. He said, but there's one thing about God. He don't ever have to think about what he used to be. <laughs> he don't have to ever contemplate or remember what he used to do because he still does it. He says one thing about God, he's eternal. Not only that, everyone that receives from him becomes eternal with God. There's one eternal life and it's God alone. And he's never lost one ounce of power. What he was in the beginning, he still is today. Amen. Just like he was at the Red Sea displaying his power, he still wants to show up today and make, well, walk, make the water stand to attention and let his covenant people march through it. And, you, you know, and let them make, they may call them holy rollers. They may call them all kind of fanatics, one singing in the spirit, the other dancing in the spirit, beating tambourines. But God had the Red Sea stand still and watch him display deliverance to his people. If his people today would once again listen to him and let stand still and see his promises he'd like to display the same thing to you today and deliver you oh because he wants to show you I still have the same power we can go through all kind of examples of power there's all kinds of them in the Bible but for time we're going to move Go down to Second Chronicles again. There's, this book is fulfilled with power. But I want you to understand, it's not just historical power. There's nations that can look back and say, what we used to be. Used to be a superpower. America one day will be able to look back and say, what I used to be. Even now can look back. What I used to be. But God don't look back like that. Verse 5 in chapter 20, Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? Is that not who you are right now? He reminded him, God, aren't you not God in heaven? Rulest not thou over the kingdoms of the heathen? In thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Jehoshaphat's reminding God who you are, God. This is who I know you to be. Because I've, I've witnessed you. I've heard you through history. But you're not still yet a God of history. You're God right now. Even now, God, isn't power and might in your hand? Even now, none can withstand thee. Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence. For thy name is in this house. And cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zir. Whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade. They come out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. But, that, but how they reward us and come to cast us out of thy possession. Which thou hast given us to inherit. O oh, our God wilt thou not judge them. For we have no might against this great company that cometh against, thee, against us. Neither know we what to do. But... 
Our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. Then upon Jehazel came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation and said, Hearken ye, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them, and behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the well. Don't you know your God knows your enemy? He knows who's been against you. He knows there's been cancer. He knows there's been brain bleeds. He knows there's been all kind of forms of sickness and sin and trouble. Your God knows your enemy. And he has the answer for your enemy. Jehoshaphat bowed down, bowed down his head, face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. I guess that pleased God. He said, yes, that's what I want. Even when you're surrounded, worship me. When you're sick, worship me. When you've been, been, been a great battle, worship me. When it seems all hell is against you, worship me. And the Levites, or the children of the Kohathites, and the children of the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose in the morning and went forth into the wilderness. And Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Believe in the Lord your God, so ye shall be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Oh, hallelujah. This is what God is desiring from you. Don't forget who I am. And you get all fearful and worried and tore up about it. Just praise me and I'll fight your battles. This battle's too big for you anyhow. Why don't you just throw your hands up and praise me while I fight your battles? That's a really good trade, Brother Joe. Hey, man, wasn't that a wonderful trade that they could lay them swords down and those spears down? They wouldn't going to have to get cut. They wouldn't going to have to get stabbed. They wouldn't going to have to bury no loved ones. All they had to do was throw up their hands and praise a living God. And God sent angels down there and ambushments were set upon them enemies. Ain't that a good trade? Amen. That you tonight can come to the house of God and lay aside depression and lay aside fear and lay aside worry and anxiety and look. Don't get your eyes off your enemy just for a moment and get your eyes on your God and lift your hands up and praise a living God. And the next thing you know, angels will begin to whirl in the building and set ambushments against that sickness, set ambushments against that sin and that thing that's held you bound and set you free God has the key to it and this is the moment right now hallelujah
glory of. We don't have to wait till we get on this other side and gather around the throne to praise the living God. He's a living God now. We don't have to get over there and wait to praise a God who heals, who saves, who touches our children, who fills with the Holy Ghost. He does all that now. We don't have to wait to get over there to praise a God who's all powerful and all wonderful and all great and all glorious. He's all of that right now. What if he's all of that? What are you going to do? Praise ye the Lord. And I promise you, if you can break into that realm of praise, you'll be just like Jehoshaphat. You'll take away the spoils tonight. And you'll take back your joy. You'll take back your happiness. You'll take back your peace. You'll take back your healing. And you'll take it all back because God promised it. Hallelujah. It's right now time to let the praises go up and the blessings come down. You say, I got a wall around me. Praise him till it comes down. I got difficulties. Praise him till it comes down. Is there somebody here that wants to turn up their praise and turn down their doubt, turn down their unbelief, turn down their sorrow, turn down their depression, turn down their anxiety, turn down the spirit that's been holding you day after day, says you're not going to get well, says you're going to get worse, says it's going to come again. I denounce that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. And I raise my hands to say thank you, Lord. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're my God. You're the great God. You're the God that answers by fire. Go ahead and praise him. He'll fight your battle. Go ahead and worship him. He will come down on your behalf. He'll shut the mouth of lions. He'll quench the fire. He'll raise the dead. Your joy may have been dead for 30 days, but there's a resurrection power in the building tonight. Oh, oh is there somebody here that wants to praise him? Tonight, I'm carrying away the spoils. I'm not going back empty-handed. I'm not going back the same way I come in. I'm not going back all beat down and wore out. I'm going back with my head up because I'm a child of God. I'm going up with pep in my step. All the Christian soldiers marching as to war. Devil, this is war. But you didn't come to war with me. You come to war with Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm believing right now there's a car maybe headed to Houston or maybe they made it to their hotel and they're listening. Go ahead and praise. God's got the answer. That thing may have hid from the doctors. It may hide from science, but it cannot hide from the pillar of fire. And that pillar of fire is looking with angry eyes. What do you think David did when he went down to Goliath? He went running behind this bush and running behind this bush. He danced himself all the way down into the valley. And he said, there's some rocks down there. That giant's dying today. Because my God is able to kill him. My God is able. 
Do you have an able God? Bless the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. If I was some of you parents, I'd praise them until I got a revelation my child's coming home. If I was some of you tonight that's been sick, I'd praise them until I got a revelation this thing's over with. Because the Lord's fighting my battle. And he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Death is under him. Therefore, every sickness that's in this building is under this omnipotent God. Therefore, every sin that's in this building is under the omnipotent God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, we love you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. I thank you right now, Lord, for all that you're doing among us. I praise you, Father, that you're moving in our midst and you're touching our hearts and our lives. Lord, I want to thank you for every barren woman that's here tonight because it's an opportunity to you, for, to you to fulfill Scripture once again and life come into a body. Father, I'm believing that life is entered into bodies. Lord, I'm thanking you in advance for the healing of my mother. You brought her a mighty long ways. We're almost a year from a pronunciation of death. And you lifted her up out of death. But Satan's want to keep howling at her and honing at her. But I'm going to praise you, Lord. Because I know you're greater than that medicine. You're greater than them seizures. You're greater than what's ever going on in that grave. You're greater than anything. And I ask you, Father, fight our battle tonight. We can't do it on our own. You are the God of gods. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, hallelujah. I'm praising you tonight for Ron Spencer's healing, Lord. You're that kind of God. I'm going to praise you and lift your name up while you fight that cancer. I can't fight that cancer. Nobody here can fight that cancer. But there's a word that's been spoke against that cancer. And even now, Lord, it's at work and creative powers working in a body. I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to get the banquet table ready. Kill the fatted calves. Sound the horn. Our God is greater. He's greater than those drugs. He's greater than that pornography. He's greater than that education. He's greater than that spirit that wants to hold you. Amen. He's greater than every devil that wants to hold our children. We'll praise you. Go lift your name up, God. Go lift our voices to you, Father. There's none like you, Lord. Lord, there's been many that came tonight with anxiety and fears and depression trying to come upon them. We're going to lift our hands and praise you, Lord. We're going to glorify the King of kings. We're going to glorify the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Oh, there's bitterness that's been hanging. I'm going to glorify you until it's gone, Lord. There's unforgiveness that's hanging on, and I'm going to glorify you until it's gone, Lord. It's greater than me. I can't do nothing with it, but you're greater, Lord. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Our God is greater. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
So. Oh.